Have you ever heard of expository apologetics? Today, we're going to talk about a method for defending your faith that uses the power of scripture and the biblical worldview to answer and demolish arguments. I know that is something that is going to interest you, so you're not going to want to miss this one. This is Worldview Legacy, the podcast from the Think Institute that helps Christian men become the worldview leaders their families and churches need. My name is Joel Sedekase, and I am a former pastor who used to defend my faith the completely wrong way until God changed my attitude and my approach. And now I direct the Think Institute. We are a Christian nonprofit that collaborates with churches to equip Christian men to effectively communicate the Christian message and defend the truth of biblical teachings so that they can build a legacy where they and their kids and their wives can confidently answer the questions that the world is asking and see Jesus change lives as they share their faith. So what is expository apologetics? As you're building your knowledge base of arguments and approaches towards defending the Christian message, this is going to be a really powerful tool in your toolkit. This episode is going to help you think biblically and use biblical reasoning to defend what the Bible teaches. Now, biblical or expository apologetics, rather, comes from a book by pastor and theologian and author Vodi Bauckham. And Bauckham's book has been hugely influential in conservative Christian circles since he published it in 2015. If you've already read it, you probably enjoyed it, and it might be helpful to have a concise summary of his approach. That is what you're going to get in this episode. And if you haven't read Expository Apologetics yet, this episode is going to give you a synopsis of what he's talking about, an introductory guide, as well as my own perspective on his work and how to take your learning further as well. This is going to be really, really helpful. In this episode, specifically, you're going to learn what expository apologetics is and how it can benefit you, how Paul uses expository apologetics in Romans 3, how Paul uses expository apologetics in Acts 17 before a pagan, biblically illiterate audience, and how creeds, confessions, and catechisms can help your defense of the faith. So let's dive in. Expository apologetics. All right, now this is question two on our website where we are answering a hundred questions that I've been asked by Christian men and skeptics and seekers and if you'd like to know more about how you can support the work of answering the world's questions and equipping believers with a new resource, I'm going to tell you more about this at the end, but I want to tell you about our about our Every Question Answered campaign. And this is a campaign where we are seeking to raise $6,000 and answer and create a new resource where we're answering a hundred questions. That is the goal to answer a hundred questions that the world is asking. And that is a lot. I know everybody I talk to about this is like, man, that's a lot of questions, but you know what? These are the questions that people are asking. So we'll see if we get there, but our goal is to raise $6,000. And if you heard me talk about this before, you may have said, 
well, wait a minute. I thought the goal was $3,000. Well, I'll tell you what, we actually have received a very generous matching gift of $3,000. And so if you give right now, your impact, the impact of your gift is going to be doubled. So you can learn more about that at thethink.institute slash EQA, like every question answered. Go to thethink.institute slash EQA to learn more and to support this work. Now we can truly dive into what is expository apologetics. All right. Recently, someone that I had connected with via social media made this request. He said, I want to learn more about expository apologetics. The term expository apologetics comes from the book with that same title by Vody Bauckham, as I mentioned. Now, I read Expository Apologetics in 2018, and I do remember enjoying it. However, that was a while ago. As I record this now, that was five years ago. So to bone up on this concept, I watched a video on YouTube where Bauckham lays it out in his own terms. And I'm going to link to that video in the show notes as well. So what you're about to hear are my notes and interpretation of Vody Bauckham's method of expository apologetics as he explains it. Why does he call his approach expository apologetics? Well, expository preaching is the proclamation or interpretation and application of a biblical text. And apologetics is the discipline defending the truth of the Christian message. That term is derived from the Greek word apologia, which means a reasoned argument or defense. And apologetics, therefore, is the discipline defending the truth of the Christian message. So expository apologetics is the proclamation, interpretation, and application of Scripture to questions and objections to the Christian faith. Vody Bauckham says that apologetics is about knowing what you believe, why you believe it, and being able to communicate that in a winsome and effective way to others. It's about knowing what you believe, why you believe it, and being able to communicate that in a winsome and effective way to others. To effectively defend your faith, you don't need to know all the world's religions, Bauckham says, and I agree with him on this. You just need to know what the Bible teaches. Further, you need to be ready to take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord gives you because of the situations and circumstances in your life. And God will provide you with the chances and the opportunities to get into discussions about your faith. So you need to know what Christianity is and you need to know how to listen. Listen is a very important element of expository apologetics. And the reason why that is, is because listening enables you to hear contradictions in the non-Christian position. And it's also vital for making sure that you understand what your opponent is actually saying. You don't want to be responding to something that he or she is not actually arguing. This will keep you from attacking straw men, which are sort of shells of your opponent's argument that are easier to demolish, but aren't actually accurate to what they're really saying. So you want to be able to listen and you need to know what the Bible teaches. So how do we do this well? Scripture gives us examples, and Vody Bauckham cites two of the, these examples from the ministry of the Apostle Paul. So let's talk about Paul's apologia, Paul's defense. So Vody draws our attention to the methodology of the Apostle Paul in Acts 17 and Romans 3. Romans 3 is an example of Paul writing to a biblically literate audience 
And Acts 17 is Paul writing to a biblically illiterate pagan audience. Let's talk about Romans 3 first. What is Romans 3 talking about? Well, there are four examples that Vody Bauckham cites in Romans 3 to show how Paul uses apologetics. The first one comes in chapter 3, verse 4. And this is where Paul answers an objection straight from Scripture. Paul asks this. He says, What then? If some did not believe, does their unbelief abolish the faithfulness of God? And Paul responds to this challenge with a reference to Psalm 51, verse 4. So Paul is directly answering this objection with Scripture. Remember, he's writing to a biblically literate audience. They understand Scripture, they know Scripture, and they respond well to Scripture. Bauckham then cites another objection that Paul answers with a more general theological argument. In Romans 3, 5, and 6, Paul asks this, Is the God who inflicts wrath unrighteous? And he answers by just saying, well, no, because then how, how could God judge the world if, if he were unrighteous? And God is the judge of the world, and therefore um, Paul's argument stands. So he's, it's sort of just a general theological principle. The third example then comes in verse 8. This is where Paul himself attacks a straw man. Actually, he refuses to answer a straw man. Remember, a straw man is a misrepresentation of a view in order to more easily defeat it. And Paul simply dismisses it by saying this. He says, And why not say, as we are slanderously reported, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come? Their condemnation is just. In other words, Paul's not even going to dignify that straw man with a response. Are you following me? Paul is using biblical arguments and the biblical worldview in order to demolish these arguments that people are raising against the Christian worldview. And in one more instance, Paul goes on a theological diatribe, as Vody Bauckham calls it. This is in Romans 3, 9 through 20. This is where Paul answers the question of whether Jews are better off by taking the reader through several passages in Psalms and Proverbs, and he goes back and forth between Psalms and Proverbs, to establish a doctrine of total depravity. Now, I'm not doing an in-depth analysis of these passages, but if you want, you can look them up yourself. Again, we're talking about Romans 3, 4, Romans 3, 5, and 6, Romans 3, 8, and Romans 3, 9 through 20. Here's the big takeaway that I want you to see in these passages and that Vody Bauckham wants you to see. Paul did not abandon Scripture or his biblical worldview, and he didn't pretend to be neutral when he was defending the truth. And you shouldn't either. I shouldn't either. There ultimately is no neutrality as we are defending our faith. Paul didn't put down his Bible. He didn't set it aside. He didn't act like God doesn't matter. He, he didn't pretend to be neutral, and we must not do so either. When we're speaking to audiences that know the Bible, we should cite Scripture and appeal to a robust biblical worldview in order to make our argument. And that's what Paul does. That is what is really at the heart of expository apologetics. But again, Paul is talking to a biblically literate audience. But how does he respond to a biblically illiterate audience? And we're going to see the answer to this in Acts chapter 17. Now, if you're into apologetics at all, you know this passage. Acts 17 is the premier example of Paul engaging in apologetics 
with a philosophical and pagan audience. Here's what's going on. Paul is in Athens. He's waiting for his friends to come pick him up. And he has been going around in the marketplace talking about Jesus Christ, the gospel, and the resurrection. And some of the local philosophers pick up on what he's saying, and they call him a seed picker or a babbler. A seed picker was a reference to this little bird, this little gutter bird that used to pick up seeds from, really from manure, and they'd pick it up and they'd set it down in another area. And it was a derogatory term to talk about someone who is sort of a pseudo-philosopher, who picks up ideas from here and sets them down over there. That is how the Athenian philosophers viewed Paul, but nevertheless, they were they were confused and they were intrigued by his ideas. And so Vodibachum looks at Acts 17 to expose Paul's approach to how he how he engages in expository apologetics with this pagan audience that views him as a babbler, as a seed picker. Paul is speaking to those, again, who are biblically illiterate, but even here he does not abandon his worldview and he does not pretend to be neutral. The expository apologetics approach of answering objections with scriptural truth still stands. So instead of quoting scripture to his audience in Acts 17, which they really wouldn't have known, Paul goes to what Vodibachum calls the meta-narrative of history, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. And Paul talks about the the creation when he in Acts 17, 24, when he talks about the God who made the world. And then in verse 29, he talks about the sin of idolatry. The Athenian people had a ton of idols all over the city, and these idols really vexed Paul as he was walking around the city. So he addressed the sin of idolatry, and he talks about the need for redemption and repentance in Acts 17.30, and then he talks about future judgment, how God is going to judge the world through the man that he raised from the dead. He mentions that in Acts 17.31. Now, Paul does reference the philosophers and the poets that the Athenians would have recognized as authoritative, but he's doing so in the concept or in the context of this expository, and I would say a presuppositional approach to defending the truth. And if you're new to presuppositional apologetics, I've got loads of videos and articles on that. You can go to thethink.institute. A lot of our recent articles deal with how to use presuppositional apologetics. But today we're talking about expository apologetics, which is sort of like a branch of presuppositionalism. They're very, very closely related. They might even be two sides of the same coin or even two names for the same thing. I'll let you decide. But Paul unapologetically takes his pagan audience to the biblical worldview, and he is shamelessly shamelessly standing on biblical truth, and that approach is what's at the heart of expository apologetics. So Vodibachum says, that in today's day and age, we have lost strength in our apologetic because we've lost our ability to, as he says, indoctrinate people. I would use the term disciple people. But what he means is we've lost the ability to instill doctrine in our church members in a positive sense, teaching sound doctrine through discipleship. Now, you're not going to hear me ragging on the church in any way, shape, or form. I know there are countless pastors out there, maybe if you're listening, maybe you're one of them, who is seeking to 
disciple your people really well. In fact, with the Think Institute, we partner with churches like yours to help you to supplement the work that you're doing to disciple, or as Vody Bauckham would say, indoctrinate your people with the truth and how to defend it. But insofar as churches are losing that ability to instill sound biblical doctrine, well, that is going to have a detrimental effect on their ability to articulate the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview. So how do we do this? How do we do this well? How do we indoctrinate or how do we disciple really, really well? Well, this is where creeds and confessions come in. How should we prepare to engage in expository apologetics? For Vody Bauckham, the best preparation is to study the historical documents of the church that were designed to summarize and teach the biblical worldview, the biblical doctrine, and to do so in a memorable way. Can you imagine a world in which the majority of Christians were taught the the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed? Vody Barkham references this in the video that I'm going to link to you down in the show notes. But what he says is, surely there would still be some disagreement, but the world would be a place in which the church was very well prepared to articulate and defend the teaching of the Bible, probably in a way that is much better than what we see today. Now, one of the things that Vody Barkham points to as a strong, powerful apologetics training tool is catechism. He says that a catechism is, quote, the number one apologetics training tool in the world, end quote. And I actually agree with him. And I make this exact point when I was interviewed by Eli Ayala for his show, Revealed Apologetics. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But a catechism is the best way that you can prepare the younger generation to defend their faith. Why is that? Because a catechism is literally questions about God, questions about the world, questions about life and the Bible and faith and Jesus Christ and the gospel. And those questions are answered with scriptural truth. And this is really the heart of expository apologetics. It's answering the world's questions with the power of scripture. So, you can see why Vody Bauckham would favor catechesis as strong apologetics training. And again, I agree. And that's one of the reasons I try to tell people about my own catechism, which is called Catechids. You can get a link to that in the show notes as well. But there are other really great catechisms out there. And uh, if you do a quick search on the internet for like the Baptist catechism or the children's catechism or the first catechism, there are really good ones out there. So if you want to learn expository apologetics, study your Bible and learn the historic creeds and confessions and catechisms of the faith. Test everything. Test these historic documents by Scripture, of course. And if you disagree with certain parts, leave those parts out. But nevertheless, you're probably going to find yourself agreeing with like 99% of these historic documents. So they make a very powerful apologetics training tool. So... One thing I want to just close with and leave you with is the expository apologetics waltz. Now, as you know, a waltz is in three, four time. It goes like this, one, two, three, one, two, three. And Vody Barkham presents a three-step method for defending the faith that is actually very similar to the three-step method you may have heard me articulate. I'm going to link you to that in the show notes as well. 
But Vody calls his three-step method the expository apologetics waltz, and these are the three steps. One, listen and discover their argument. Two, demonstrate the logical inconsistency in their argument. For example, they may be appealing to morality, but they're doing so without God. That is a that is a contradiction. You can't get authoritative morality without the lawgiver that is God. And then step three, demonstrate how that thing, like morality, works in your worldview and get to the gospel. So Vody puts a strong emphasis on evangelism in his approach to apologetics, expository apologetics. And I really appreciate that. It's one of my favorite things about this method is it is so evangelistic. If you want to learn more about Vody Barkham's Apologetics Waltz, you can check out the video that I linked to, or I'm also going to link you to an article by Tom Schmidt, who's my friend. He is a pastor in Naperville, Illinois, one of the most evangelistic pastors that I know. And he's got an an excellent article uh, on his blog written a few years back. You can check that out as well. The goal of, of expository apologetics is to know what you believe, why you believe it, and then to be able to communicate that effectively and winsomely to others. So now you know, expository apologetics is an approach to defending your faith that uses the power of scripture. It was articulated by Vody Barkham, but it was also used by the Apostle Paul. It can benefit you as a way of thinking about the apologetic encounter. My biggest takeaway personally is that our defense of the faith should flow from our knowledge of the faith. Study God's Word and historic theological documents and utilize those answers as you face questions and objections from the world. In Romans 3, Paul answers four different questions in different ways, but he always answers from the Bible or from the biblical worldview. In Acts 17, Paul proclaims the grand arc of Scripture, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration or consummation. And he does this to a biblically illiterate audience. And by the way, this is actually the same structure that I use in my catechism catechids, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And speaking of catechisms, creeds and confessions and catechisms can help your apologetics. Study these historic articulations of the faith, ground your apologetics answers in the robust theology of Scripture and church history. Of course, you always have to make sure that your church historical answers line up with Scripture, but we can learn much from those who have gone before us. So check out the book, Expository Apologetics by Vody Barkham. I have dropped a link to the book in the show notes. I'll also link you to the video where he explains the technique. And I want to give a shout out before we go to the following Think Squad Plus subscribers. Brandon Raby, Mike Jahoski, Jonathan Jackson, Alan Jerkins, Jill Berg, Roland Wengert, Luke Tucker, Anthony Uvanio, Donna Belchunis, Curtis Campbell, Shane Rogers, and Rob Stevenson. These folks help make the show happen, and I hope that you guys are enjoying all the perks. You guys can learn about Think Squad Plus if you haven't signed up yet by going to thinksquadplus.supercast.com. So now, again, please consider partnering with us and supporting the work we're doing. At the Think Institute, we get asked questions all the time. In fact, this very podcast is a response to one of those questions that we were asked. 
These answers change the lives of Christian men and their families as they seek to lead their families in discipleship and articulate the gospel and the Christian worldview with confidence in their workplaces and local areas. With the Every Question Answered campaign, we're seeking to raise $6,000 and provide a brand new resource answering many of the questions that Christian men are facing today. You can go to thethink.institute slash EQA to learn more about the Every Question Answered campaign legacy. Thank you to the Think Squad members who asked for this resource. I hope that you found it helpful. This episode was produced by yours truly, Joel Sedekes, and is a production of the Think Institute. We equip believers to explain, share, and defend the Christian message, and we are based by God's grace.